We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. This episode is your guide to the 2023 MLB trade deadline. We're going to be going through all the buyers, the sellers, and the tweeners. Scott, good morning. A home run derby was last night. Vlad joined his papa as a father-son duo to win. Mm-hmm. And J-Rod hit a billion home runs. And I, my money is on him being injured in the second half. Because anytime you go crazy in the home run derby, starting with Bobby Abreu when he shocked the world, hitting like 30 home runs 15 years ago and then got hurt. Aaron Judge, hurt. J-Rod, hurt. Mark my words. So the uh, he's young and spry, man. There's no way that that kid, that kid, uh, that kid's a beast. The um, but the post game interview or the post uh, the derby interview with Vlad, he's like, oh, I can't walk. <laughs> I'm so tired, I can't walk. So uh, clearly, Vlad was was struggling with the uh, with the with the fatigue and the fitness of the of the derby, but he got enough. You know, he 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 bellied it up and and uh, and and won it. I was impressed with the Adley Rushman. And I was I was disappointed that he got bounced as fast as he did because he got bounced really quick when, uh, uh, who was it on the White Sox um, center fielder Robert the the uh, he got bounced quickly but it was impressive because he went from the left side and then flipped over to the right side and I, I mean it look, I guess he missed two but it didn't I didn't even see those two it looked like he hit every single one of them and his dad was throwing to him so a little Robbie Cano throwback there. Um, thought he was a, a dark horse to win the thing, um, but yeah, he got he got uh, he got annihilated pretty quickly because uh, everybody else is putting up numbers too. The Jarrod thing was impressive though because the the guy throwing to him was just it, it like it was so rapid fire. It was almost like a cheat code. Like they figured out like yeah. how to maximize every single second of the round to hit the most home runs possible. It was like I was like, how is he hitting? He he would hit like four home runs a minute. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah, no, the the bat speed um is is crazy. The fact that they can load and get ready again. It's you know, these guys are are have definitely gotten a more strategy as the years have gone on with the way that this thing is. Now that there's a timer and all these but they're they're just, you know, the bat heads just throwing they're throwing the bat head at the ball and and figured out the the mechanics of it so that they don't get as tired, I guess. But yeah, it's pretty impressive. All right. Are you well, still liking the the <laughs> format by the way? Because I know it's yeah. I mean, I, it's I, been a while gonna, since we've we've had a similar format. Now, I'm not going to lie to you and say I sat down and watched the whole thing. Um, it was on. It was on in my house throughout the evening, and I was I was checking in. Uh, I used to. I had a worse man, situation actually. Well, you can tell me about that in a second. But I I used to back in the day, you know, 90s especially with the when McGuire and Griffey Jr. and Sosa were in the home run derbies. Well, yeah, steroids in a home run derby. No, is but a like, good thing. 
as a 12 year old watching the home run derby and i still remember watching tino martinez win the home run derby in 1997 during the day that was when they still did it during the day in 1997 i think like the next year they moved it to prime time but that used to be appointment television for me like i would have friends over we would watch the home run derby even more so than the all-star game and it's the one the home run derby like they weren't even doing all these like different things to make it special you're right it was just literally these roided out freaks hitting 580 foot home runs one after the other you're like holy crap this is awesome they were showing some of the the throwbacks the sosa hitting some of those 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 home runs in the upper deck i mean like my god was he hitting the living piss out of the ball almost 600 feet he i don't remember where what home run derby this was but he hit he he hit like five home runs, 500 feet in a row, and then he swung and missed. <laughs> it was just like the dichotomy between those two things is why Sammy Sosa was the freaking best. Yeah, yeah. No, still, still. I think to 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 date, my my fondest memory of of uh, home run derbies was Josh Hamilton at Yankee at Yankee well, we Stadium. We were a little bit older then. That was oh yeah, but so it was we awesome. But the fact that it was at Yankee Stadium was awesome. too was was really cool. And I think he hit the longest uh, home run. In Yankee Stadium, I mean, granted, it's an exhibition derby since uh, since Mantle, but he he was in moonshots. That was, that guy was a freak, man. It's unfortunate that he had so many uh, demons off the field because he was a freak of nature on the field. He had a nice little run, though. He had a, he, he did. Had a no, solid... he had a he had a good run, but it could have been a lot longer. But yeah, oh he, yeah, he had to overcome a bunch of shit just personally. I think to 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 even get to that point. All right. So what happened? In your house last Oh, it was Bevan's night. birthday. So I oh, did right. not. Yeah. I mean, like, what am Happy I going to do? Put Bevan. it on? Yeah. No. She had this. <laughs> what, did you, she, watched the batch, she watched The Bachelor's Monday I, night. I, Yeah, it was on. It was on. Yeah, yeah, the Bachelor was on the TV. I had the iPad going with the. Yeah, my laptop was open and we were doing <laughs> baseball things. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so. Um, the other thing we want to mention is Sean Casey officially hired as Yankees hitting coach Boone's buddy from his Boone's Cincinnati good buddy. Days. Yes. Good buddy on the, on the team. Interesting. This is interesting. This is, this throws a wrench into to conversations here. Because uh, last episode we talked about how, it, you know, does Boone have any say in this? Is this just Cashman coming over the top? And the fact that Sean Casey and Aaron Boone are such close friends uh, from from their days with the Reds. And there's a there was that clip that you posted. I, it was it was on Reddit, I guess. Does Sean Casey have like a YouTube podcast or something? Yeah, he's where, got a podcast where uh, I wonder if that's going to keep happening, <laughs> where he he was talking about um how Aaron Boone called him and and he he cried when Aaron Boone got traded. So like like these guys are boys. But the other thing I noticed from from that clip of Sean Casey is I already know he's full of shit. And the reason he's full of shit is because when he was complimenting everyone, he included Randy Levine. And I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. There is not one person on the face of this earth that thinks Randy Levine is a good guy. Randy Levine's closest friends and family don't even like Randy Levine. You have those friends, Scott. Everyone has those friends in their life that, yeah, they're your friend for one reason or the other. Maybe you grew up with them, went to high school, they were your college, college buddy, whatever. They're in your friend group. They're never leaving your friend group, but you don't like them. You'd never, you'd never recommend them as a person to anybody. That is Randy Levine. So I, I yeah the whole thing was was interesting and the fact that that this is Boone's guy does throw a wrinkle into what the hell is happening behind the scenes um, with uh, you know with with management and and the brass here's a here's a conspiracy theory to stay on the to stay on the uh, the path of 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 the fact that Aaron Boone is you know in in a weird place maybe this is a last uh, last ditch resort okay Aaron you want to stay. Get your guy. You want your guy? This is it. It doesn't work. It's you. Yeah, this is the last. This because is because if you thing, if you pick someone, here. you know how that works. If you pick someone and that person doesn't work, and you stand on the on the table for them and bang the drum, if it doesn't work, this is everything you needed. You said this is what you wanted. This is what you needed to get this thing around, and and now you have it. So, you know, maybe maybe that because I mean, Sean Casey that would be too that, convenient for everybody, but maybe that. Yeah, I mean, it's like Sean Casey is right out of the the Boone hiring book. He's he's a TV. He's been a TV personality. He's a yeah. former player in the '90s and early 2000s, and he's a TV personality. He has no hitting coach experience. I don't even know what that means. What the hell does hitting coach mean, experience mean, though? At the same time, like, does he know. work with amateur athletes? I'm sure he does. I'm sure he works with work works with amateur uh, guys. He's a he's a hitting savant. Like the guy studies the game of hitting. I don't is think it, you need is, major Sean league. Is a hitting savant. Yeah, you don't need hitting uh, coach experience. News to look me. at look at Blake. I mean, Blake came from the the 
the depths of JV college in Rhode Island or wherever yep. the fuck to to come and be on the the Yankees because he knew the analytics a, piece of it. Blake's an analytics nerd. He's he's a he's an he's those um, he's, he's good all at, about, a, like, at maximizing. A yeah. Right. And and Casey, I believe, is that kind of guy for for hitting mechanics. And, uh, you know, that it's something it, that that he he's always he was always talking about it on MLB Network. Like that. That's what so that qualifies you. That qualifies you. I mean, as a hitting coach. Yeah. If you for know Brian Cashman, clearly for Brian Cashman, that's all you need to do. You just need to be able to talk on TV because that's how Aaron Boone got hired. There's and no in game in stuff. There's no strategy going. You just need to make sure that people are hitting. Well. Of course, the hitting coach doesn't have to have strategy right that's suggesting he has to have strategy you just have to know how to how to coach uh someone how to hit and you can do that on any level so i don't really i, I well, can care less about his experience level as a hitting coach because what does that even mean it means nothing and the other thing is there's two other guys <laughs> that are on the staff as hitting coaches uh that he is now going to be coming over why not why are they still here wait do, do they not talk i, I don't think they exist lawson really. manages them they're, it's just a weird they're, thing they're, their names. Fat boy? <laughs> They're just names there. Yeah, fat boy. Wilkerson. Uh, well, Hank Steinbrenner is going to be real angry with uh, yeah, Sean Casey is. if he doesn't do a good job. Rolling over. <clears throat> okay. Let's get into the trade deadline preview. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about a new sponsor on our podcast, Factor. As you know, I am now a father of two, which means I have negative thousand minutes per week to cook dinner for Harrison, Leanne, and I. That's where Factor comes in and helps. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. They offer delicious, flavor-packed options that meet many dietary needs. If you're calorie-conscious, keto-friendly, you want veggie or vegan meals, there is something for everybody. The process is also super easy. You go online, you pick your meals from a weekly selection of over 30 options. Factor prepares and cooks those meals to perfection with their gourmet chefs. And then the food is delivered to you, and all you have to do is heat it up. Even you and I, Scott, not we can not, do that. It, we can do that. I yeah. could pop something in the microwave and, and press the two minute button. And especially if you don't have a lot of time, it is very, very convenient. There's also a ton of snack options and add-ons, including apple, cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and cold pressed juices and shakes if you're on a summer beach diet. This is uh, seriously super easy and the best option for food if you're struggling to eat good and healthy meals. Sometimes it's easy to fall into bad routines, especially like if you've just had a baby or have no time, too busy with work, uh, or if you're, or if you're just like a 22 year old and you're like. Uh, just order out every night. It's like, yeah, give this a shot instead. With Factor, you're also making a sustainable choice because they offset 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for production. Head to factormeals.com slash Bronx50 and use code Bronx50 to get 50% off your order. That's 50%. That's half off. That's an amazing deal. That is F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Bronx 50. Factormeals.com slash Bronx 50. Thank you very much, Factor. All right, let's go through the buyers. We've organized this into buyers, the in-betweeners, and the sellers. Uh, so the buyers, I think, this is an interesting trade deadline because there's not a lot of clear sellers right now. That could change in the next couple of weeks as we lead up to the deadline at the end of the month. But as we stand here on July 11th, not a, not a whole lot of buyers, but the excuse me, not a whole lot of sellers. But the buyers, the Rays, they're in first place. They could use uh, some pitching help, pitching help, starting rotation depth, and some bullpen help. The Rays are always one of those teams, though, that. Um, they're never going to make like a huge splash move, but the, you know the guy that they trade for, you're like, well, that guy's going to turn into a stud. Yeah, they've also been, you know, they've they've tried to um, add some some uh, some some bigger pieces via like veteran guys too. You know, they they they've made those moves in the past, so I wouldn't be surprised. They've changed a little bit in the way that they're approaching stuff um, because they're so young and have so much controlled talent on their team right now, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, this is probably the year that they, they would need to go for it or, um, you know, this, Especially this you year can tell they're year. kind of they're not fizzling up, but they're kind of, they've hit a little bit of a rough patch. They've just hit their patch. Last week or two, that's, yeah. that's what it is. They've hit their patch. So yeah, there's, there's some interesting things here, um, for them. And there's some, there's some interesting guys. So, you know, we're, we're talking about, we're doing our GM plans. Um, we're going to record it tomorrow. 
Um, so we're not going to go into like our personal opinions on what is happening here, but but individual people that are available, there's definitely a frontline, quote unquote, frontline pitcher that's available, that could be available, uh, that that has a um, track record with, with Tampa that could be really interesting. Um, there's a lot of pitching available at this deadline. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's, I don't think it's uh, it's it's a uh, it's top line. I don't think it's it's uh, it's as it wa- was in the in the in the past couple of years where you can go out and get no um, a bigger like really impact starter. But Ke- like Castillo's not available, right? Castillo's like, not la- available. like last year's deadline. Like he was the clear cut number one guy. But uh, and after Castillo last year, as we know, Frankie Montas was the second best pitcher available. And we all know how that turned out. I think this year you could make an argument. There's five to seven pitchers that are all in the same sort of quality category. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm alluding to, to, um, to Snell. Snell's the I guy. Mean, we're gonna, yeah, I know, but we're going to, we can talk about some of these guys. Like you're going to have probably from the Cardinals, Flaherty and Montgomery available. You're mm-hmm. going to have potentially Eduardo Rodriguez from the Tigers available. Uh, you mentioned Snell. Like these are, you're right. They're not the number one pitchers available, but they're quality rotation arms. They're quality rotation arms, and Snell. The fact that he has a, a track record there, if he is, if he becomes available, that Tampa likes their good fits. It wouldn't be, it would not surprise me if that were, if that were a move that did that, that end would, uh, badly when he got <clears throat> traded. Was that for? Yeah, Ilya's shaking his head. Yes, so that did end badly. Was Tampa. it on bad terms though? I mean, I know they they did trade him, but I don't remember like a, a lot of like talking back and forth. You guys don't remember they pulled him in the World Series? The World Series. Yeah, I do remember on, that. Yeah. yeah. And he is went that on what, the I mean, Is that why he got traded? I don't think it's why he got traded, but he was very publicly upset. And yeah, he, which I think know, is he fine. talked I don't about think that's like irreparable. You know, you can't come back from that. I mean, you kind of want your pitcher to be upset in that situation. Yeah. Like he's yeah. dealing in the World Series. Well, and I also think that it, it was uh, it was an opportunity for them to get younger when they realized that they had pitching depth behind him like they did and they, didn't they kind of make the right call yes on they did because he's been <laughs> terrible for the past two years so he's kind of you know i don't know if, if this is a health thing and they knew something and they just weren't really uh you know expecting him to to have the the good year and, and they were right they were absolutely right so they, they've been elite talent uh, talent evaluators over over the past uh you know decade who's to say that they didn't see that now, but if he's healthy and throwing well, like he's, he's clearly, you know, one of the, one of the guys that has a ton of talent. Next team on the list is Baltimore. They're two games back of Tampa and they're in the first wild card spot. They need starting pitching. It's interesting. When I talked to Eric RDT, uh, in our Baltimore preview this year, he was extremely disappointed. The team did not add starting pitching over the winter. Um, and as you see here, Baltimore is a legit team. Um, so they definitely need to go out and and make a trade for one of these starters, maybe even two of these starters. They have the farm system to do it. They're in a position now. It's not like last year where you're like, oh, this is kind of a nice story. Like they're they're playing out. Like no, they have a legitimate chance to make a run this year. They need to add starting pitching. Yeah, they do, and they've they've clearly added. They have position players in the minor leagues that they've already brought up, which gives them even more depth on the the major league roster because uh, they 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 have that they have players that can fill in. But they've they've kind of gotten that spark. I think if they are to add on the pitching side, they're a very dangerous team, and they're you know obviously young and hungry. So I agree. It's just a, there's a track record of them not spending as well. Uh, so it's a matter of like who they're going after, where they can find. There's so many expiring free agent contracts uh, for, especially on the pitching side that you like all those guys I mentioned are free agents or have opt outs at the end of this year and that are just looking to get. So Baltimore can make a trade for somebody and not even think about signing them next year. This is just a run for this year. We still got a system in place that we're, we're going for the future. And they have so many young players that are major league level uh, you know, currently or, 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 you know, approaching that level so that they do have, um, the currency in, in prospects to go out and get, you know, pretty much, pretty much anybody to, to make a move if they can, they can bolster a, a deal up. The Blue Jays are seven games back of the division and they're currently, uh, just up on the Yankees for the third wild card spot. They, they, they do need to do a lot if they want to seriously make a run this season. 
starting pitching, relief pitching, and also bat first outfield DH type. As you remember, their offseason was interesting. We kind of praised it. I thought it was good moves. They went defense first in the outfield to sort of shore up some of their deficiencies, but their offense has not been as potent this year. So they do need to add, I think, a decent amount at the deadline. But they are, in a, they are ahead of the Yankees right now. They are ahead of the Yankees. It's a matter of if they think that they're, uh, you know, I think they're, you look, first thing I look at is their pitching. Do they have enough? Can they even go out and get enough to, to make a, you know, a significant leap on the pitching side? Um, but yeah, they're, they, I, I mean, I would even put them as an in-betweener, uh, as buyers or sellers. Like, yes, they have, they have to be buyers to stay relevant in the AL East. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, uh, I, I don't know how much they can add to actually make their, that team that much, that much better. I think it's a, it's yeah. one of those situations where, and you know, I, again, like, I don't think the Yankees are that far off from a situation like this where you have the talent and they just need to play better. That's, that's one of those, it's a huge piece of this, you know, that, I, that's, I put the Cardinals in the same bucket. It's a dangerous, uh, I know it is. That's a dangerous plan at the deadline is let's just all play better because it's not, it's not that you don't add it's, it's, it's a, it's another, it's just a consideration. It's one of those things that you have to consider, especially if you believed in your plan, you have to look at yourself in the mirror as a GM too, and be like, okay, I went into the season with this plan. These guys are not doing the thing that they were supposed to do. Do I believe still that they are going to do that? Or do I need to pivot from that? Because the roster becomes very uh, difficult to manage at that point, because you do have these guys cemented in positions that you believe in. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's, um, but with, with, with just like, staying not staying entirely because you can make small additions but at a certain point like if we just use this for the yankees it's like well josh donaldson isn't magically going to turn into the player no. that brian cashman believed he could that's be a different type I, I, that's a that's a 37 year old man you know clinging to life uh by throwing by basically playing home run derby with fastballs when he can <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what's happening all right next on the he list. should have entered the home run derby he might have done well yeah, it's all he does is home runs. The Twins are half a game back of Cleveland in the division in the Central, and they're five games back of the wild card. This is an interesting one because all of the Central teams, it's like they're only really going for the division and yeah. not the wild card. So right. the Twins the and the um, the Guardians. Guardians, I almost said the other thing. Yep, I could the, tell. I was, <laughs> trying to, I was trying to save you. The Twins and the Guardians – we could talk about them collectively because I put we put the Guardians in the in between purely because they seem to never acquire at the deadline, right? But they're also always still relevant because the the Guardians need a power bat, and they have guys that that have been rumored on the trade block, Bieber, Savali, and they've never been shy about trading their their pitching early than mm -hmm. rather than late. And they just seem to never do what you think they should do at the deadline. Whereas the Twins, are they a good enough team to where if they add, they they can really seriously be a contender? I don't know. Well, it's hard for us to talk about that. You know, <laughs> it's hard for us to talk about the Twins in a in a way that's uh, sure. that's that's serious. But at the same time, if you look at their front line starting pitching, they have they have three guys that can come in, walk into a series, and shut you down with the way that they're pitching this year. They, they have the ability to go into a postseason uh, series and pitch well. So if they can bolster the offense a bit and add to that offense and, and they, they deal with injuries, um, you know, as much as anyone, Byron Buxton is a guy that, that, that you know, has been probably one of the more frustrating uh, players for a fan base because he's all world talent. And when he plays, he's great. But when he doesn't play, he's, it's, it's frequent. So um, it's a matter of adding, I think, more consistency in that, in that lineup. But, but they do have the pitching. I think they do have the pitching, at least in the in the rotation, to to make a move. So I do think that they're an interesting team. Um, when you look at Cleveland, you're right. I don't know what the hell they're doing. They're always selling. They're always trying to get younger. Um, do we know if it does? And this is again me going back to my guy because I'm praying at some point. But does Jose Ramirez have a trade, uh, a no trade clause in his deal? Because it's a pretty manageable deal. We were looking at at um, you know Brian. Uh, uh, at Reynolds in in Pittsburgh as a manageable deal. When you look at Jose Ramirez, we were all kind of surprised with the deal that he had full signed. Full no trade clause. It's a full no trade clause. Okay. Well, that changes that. And like the, he he stayed in Cleveland because he's, he wanted to. I understand that. To. But when you look at a guy, if he were to if if that were to be a negotiating point, he's he's with that contract. He, I think he becomes even more attractive for teams across the league 
um, and you could get an absolute haul. It depends what Cleveland thinks they're, they're in first do. place. Cleveland's in first place. They're not. I understand they're they're in, they're in first place in a really shitty division. Really okay. shitty division. It's still first be, place. That's still saying to your fan base if you were to trade. I don't think trading Ramirez is a realistic thing, but if you're to trade, say Bieber or Savali or someone out of that rotation or something, you're basically saying, yeah, we're in first place, but like, we, we don't think we're going to actually do anything this year. So at that point to me that they, they are, they're, they're buying then if that's the case, because if there's no, they're going to do nothing like they do, they do every year, but yeah, they're 500 right now, but weren't they around 500 at this point last year? And they, they played really well in the second half to win that division pretty handedly. So that's probably what they're going to bank on again, happening this year. And are they going to do it again? Probably because it seems to happen year after year with the guardians is they're pretty mediocre for most of the year. And then August and September rolls around and they play 650 ball down the stretch and they win the division by five games. They did that because of pitching. They they didn't score a lot yes. of runs last year. Even in the they, every in the playoffs, year they like do they that because of together the uh, you know a, a few runs to 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 squeak out games. But it's all about pitching. So if yep. you believe that, then they're not going out there and and trading Bieber or Savali, and they're going to lean on that pitching to get them to where they think they can go with the offensive team. And maybe they add a piece. They did that. They need they a bat. Add, they, they added. Bat. Uh, they added the the Framinol. The Franimal last year, right, or was that the year before that? Where at the deadline, where they um, they added a power bat, like they've they've done little things like that to try to bolster a, a little bit of offense. So I wouldn't and, be surprised if they if, try to do something similar to that. Where if it's they not like buy, a yeah, big marquee if, move. If they make a deal to buy at the deadline, it's going to be some middle of the road bat that they're hoping can have a nice second half for them. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Texas, who's in first place in the AL West. They already made a deal for Araldus Chapman from the Royals. Um, they've been checking in to Pittsburgh about McCutcheon. They're seriously active, as we know. Um, they had a great first half, even though DeGrom went down. They, they would be an interesting team if Scherzer is actually moved off of the Mets, but they could use um, they could use basically a lot of things, even though they're in first place, relief pitcher, starting pitcher, maybe another bat. I expect them to be very active at the deadline. Yeah, I would say on the pitching front for sure. Uh, that's they're gonna. I think they're gonna load up on pitching. I think the offense is good enough to to win. Um, you know, at any point, regular season, postseason, they have they have good hitters. They have a, a lineup that that can mash, but also can get on base. So I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think a guy like McCutcheon, you, you get a, a Andrew McCutcheon in that team to add so add that veteran presence, add like stability. He's having a really good year too. Yeah. Um on base percentage is super high. So he's a he's a guy that's interesting for for that team um specifically. And then I yeah, I agree. Like if Scherzer's moved, they're gonna spend. The Texas has no problem going out there and and spending or picking up a half of a contract, uh, even if it's expiring, I, I think they're they have to go for it. And the fact that um, you know, they they had injuries uh that that really broke them on the pitching side. With the Grom, I think them going after a a as close to a frontline starting pitcher as you can makes a ton of sense. The Astros are two games back of the division, and they're currently in the second wild card. They definitely need starting pitching with McCullers and Garcia out for the year. Their GM has also talked openly that they need a left-handed bat. We both like the Jose Abreu signing in the offseason. He's been terrible for them. Yeah. So uh, starting pitching, which I think there's a good amount of, as I said, I expect them to get a starting pitcher. And potentially some <clears throat> more of the uh, the offense that is, I think, going to be a little bit more in demand at the deadline. So I don't think there's as much of it, but there might be a bat to be had by the Astros. But they they had, a, I think, probably for them a disappointing sec- uh, first half. They're starting to play better recently, and they are in a second wild card spot. It'll be interesting to see the dynamic between, and I don't know what the situation is in the, the state of Texas, but the Texas and Houston battling it out in the same division, uh, going after probably similar players. Like if you're looking at, at front line, at starting pitching, both teams are going to go after it. Texas needs a win. The Rangers need a win in that division. They need to, to leapfrog the Astros. The Astros have been uh, that team in in the state for for quite some time now. So it'll be interesting to see if there's kind of a mini bidding war between those two teams as well. And Texas for sure is going to have to overpay. All right, moving over to the National League buyers. The Braves are in first place. I think you could make an argument they are the best and most complete team in baseball. They could use to add in the bullpen and possibly a backup infielder. They've also got Freed and Wright returning from injury. 
so um they could they could pull the old we're acquiring at the deadline through yeah but they're they're actually activating guys off the injured it's list a val- it's a valid thing because they have a very good team you know they don't need to do a lot they have a, a very good team they have a damn good young team uh that team is um uh, it is has been playing together for a while they're a scary team for sure in the national league so I, I don't think they really need to do too much more about filling filling some gaps and trying to improve uh the depth of the team i think is is going to be their focus the Brewers are a game back in their division and a half a game back in the wild card. They've needed offense for years and they still need offense. Yeah. The um I think you're looking at 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 them and the Dodgers in a similar light where they're they're looking at offense. Um and Dodgers and specifically middle infielder though. They've gotten no production out of second base and shortstop this when year. No shortstop get hurt. They're uh <clears throat> One of their one of their shortstops get hurt. Either way, the Dodgers are in a weird position too with the whole and and this is the 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 elephant in the room is when we get to him, Shohei Otani. Is he going to be moved? Is this a realistic situation? Um, everybody in the world and their mother is saying that the Dodgers are lining themselves up for him. Is this uh, an opportunity to go get him early? <laughs> that would be such a Dodgers move. It would be such a Dodgers move. The uh, and. It, they had a disappointing first half, yet they're still tied for first place with Arizona, who's, um, I think, by percentage points, I, I don't know how it, it's currently worked out, but I think by percentage points, the Dodgers are in first place, but Arizona had a surprisingly good first half. They need some starting pitching depth and an outfielder. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're they're one of those teams, too. Like, you, It's hard to see some of these teams that are surprise teams that are that are you know, maybe a year or two ahead. Probably of what, a better argument for in between. Yeah, because I, I don't know if they're going to really give up um, too much talent that that's young, controlled, and in the in their depth uh, in their farm system to get someone to to make a run now. Because I don't. Do they really believe that they can do anything this year? Probably not. They're just know, happy just, where they are and like happy that everything is progressing in the way that the way probably that it like is. Baltimore and, last year. Exactly. So I, I I have a hard time seeing them uh, going out and selling anybody who's worth a damn. San Fran is two and a half back and they're in the third wild card. They need a frontline starter and possibly an infielder. Um, I expect them to be active at the deadline because they're unlike the Diamondbacks. They are not a team that's just like happy to be there. They had a really good season. Was that two years ago? 2021? They won like 100 games or maybe that was – I don't remember when that was, but they they obviously were active for uh, Judge and Correa in the offseason and that didn't work out. But um, I expect yeah. them to be biased. And I, I think, again, they're, they're a team that's playing a little bit over their skis right now and that division I think is probably just going to get even harder as the season goes on. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if they were in the selling category too. Do you want to do the sellers next or the tweeners? Let's do the sellers because I think uh, there's there's some interesting names in here that that we should talk about. All right, the, well that, that might have some relevance with the tweeners. The sellers are brought to you by Game Time, the easiest way to grab tickets to sporting events, concerts, comedy shows, theater, and whatever else you want to go to. I love the app because it's so easy to use. They have uh, cool features like they show you the trending tickets and what sections the best deals are in, and it calls out cheap options and flash sales and so much more so you can make informed purchases. They also have event event cancellation protection so you can buy with confidence. You get those images of your seat before you go so you, you know what the, the view is going to be. That's also important like for Yankees stadium if you're buying a ticket i don't need to see an image of the seat i i've pretty much walked around that stadium i know what it is but if i'm buying to like a road stadium and i've never been i'm gonna want to see those images so that's cool the buying process is also super fast just two taps and you're done and the tickets go directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through your email you can snag tickets without stress using game time download the game time app create an account and use code bronx for 20 bucks off your first purchase terms apply once again, download the app, create an account, and use our code Bronx for $20 off your first purchase. Thanks, Game Time. Sellers, the White Sox. Huge disappointing for the white disappointment for the White Sox this year. They're in fourth place, eight games back, 12 and a half out of the wild card. Pretty much that whole team can be on the trade block because they also have a lot of expiring contracts here. So Giolito is the number one, the number one guy, though. Giolito is the number one guy. Is uh his deal is up after this year. Yeah, he's a free agent. He's a free agent, right? So he's a full rental. Um, you know, obviously came had a had a good year last year. Is is uh is pitching. He's okay. having a, a good year, 341 ERA, 128 ERA plus. He earns 10.4 million bucks this year. So you're you're adding about five five call it four and a half, five million bucks if you acquire him this month. Yeah, lefty uh 
so he's an interesting no. guy. Righty. Righty, sorry. Yeah, he's a, you know, the opposite of what I just said. He's a, he's an interesting guy that that um, obviously has uh, has had a track record of uh, he's up and down. He's had an up and down career for sure, but but as of late he's he's definitely figured it out. So, he's going somewhere. He's another one of those guys that I include in the category with Montgomery and Eduardo Rodriguez where again, he's not you're not acquiring him where you're like, "All right, this is our ace now going right. forward." But he can pitch like a number one and he's probably a number two. So that's what you're acquiring. And I think you're going to, because there's an abundance of pitching, I think you're not going to be giving up boatloads of prospects for these guys that are rentals. There's also Lance Lynn, who's not having a good year, but he could be an innings eater. Um, Clevenger, who's got a mutual option uh, uh, for 2024. He's hurt so he right now. Be- He's currently on the IL. I feel like he's always injured, but I want nothing to do with his that guy. Yeah. yeah, I want nothing to do with injured I, I, guys. Most teams, know. most teams shouldn't want much to do with that guy. Another guy on the injured list right now is Joe Kelly, but he's been pitching well when he's healthy. But he's got an elbow injury, so who knows there? Tim Anderson, wh- why has he been so bad this year? I don't know. Like, he's an interesting player too Anderson? because he's he's also not the type of guy that 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 goes through long struggles in the in the way that he approaches the, his at bats. He's 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 a really good hitter, so. Um, I don't know if this is a lingering injury or something or what's going on, but if they're going to get rid of him, he's a really interesting player. If he's healthy, that he's a really interesting player that could definitely help a lot of teams. There's been a lot of rumors that the Dodgers are going to go after him. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it fits it fits what you're talking about with middle infield. So he he's got the ability to do that. I could see him. I could see him doing well. He's a he's a really interesting player because if he's healthy, he's he's definitely a, a difference maker. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Detroit, third place, five and a half back, 10 out of the wild card. They've got a lot of guys on the trade block. So Javier Baez is interesting. He's got an opt out after this year. I don't think he's opting out of four years and 98 million bucks, considering he's been awful yet again Mm -hmm. this season. Eduardo Rodriguez, on the other hand, has a player opt out after this year, and he is expected to opt out of his remaining three years and 49 million because Erod has a 161 ERA plus a 264 ERA. He's been pitching really well. I don't think he's a number one, but he's another. He's not a number one. I know, but he's been pitching really well. So uh, he's a guy that will probably be moved. He's going to opt out after this year and sign a decent contract in the offseason. But especially for a team like Baltimore, that is like the ideal person. That is an ideal player to trade for. And I think he came from the Baltimore system originally, if I if I remember correctly. I think he was part of the Andrew Miller trade from Baltimore to Boston way back when. Okay. But uh, Erod is a perfect fit for that team He's because you're not going to be trading a ton of prospects for him. Detroit already knows he's opting out after this season. Baltimore knows he's opting out after the season. He's pitching to a mid-two ERA. That is exactly the type of pitcher Baltimore needs. So Detroit's interesting in the sense that they are, you know, they're, it's a bad division, but they're they're five and a half games out, third place, probably better than than people expected them to be at this point as well. But they do have some veteran guys that they can trade. So you, if I'm if I'm Detroit and I'm I'm looking at, uh, you know, my current situation in the landscape of the league here, and understanding that the Central is very much up for the taking in the next couple of years here, I'm yeah. I'm getting rid of everybody that I possibly can yep, prospects and doubling down on my young players. And if Baez is part of that, and I, I, I don't think he's going to be because I think the contract is, he's got a 64 you can't OPS move that contract. That's the 64 problem. OPS plus this year after a 92 last year, he's been awful for the tigers. Yeah. What's his strikeout rate? 47 thousand. I don't yeah. know. So you, you don't, I don't think anybody wants that player. And, and so he's, you know, you kind of have to live with him. You're stuck which, there, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world. Like he's, he, he could, he could turn it around, but the um, Edward, uh, Erod, which uh, you definitely trade him 100%, and anybody else who has uh, any expiring contract, like literally clean house. Get rid of mm-hmm. as many people as you can and get as many lotto picks in the minor leagues as you can if I'm Detroit. That's that's what I'm doing. And you have a track record of, 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 a, of a guy who's run a team with young players and done well. And the and Royals – the Royals are uh, way back of everything. They're obviously out of it. They already traded Chapman, but Barlow, Matt Duffy, Nikki Lopez could all be on the block. They, I was looking up up and down their roster. They, they really don't have much on there. Barlow is probably the most intriguing. He's got a year and a half remaining in arbitration. 
Um, they've and, missed. Uh, they've missed on a lot of players. They. I don't even know what the hell that team's doing. So yeah, just trade everybody. Nicky Lopez is a versatile infielder, but he's not very good. He's so. supposed to be their shortstop coming up, and and yeah. just wasn't. So he, yeah, he's played around. They don't have a lot of. They don't have a ton of talent. So yeah, no. they they kind of need to hit, continue to hit that reset button. Oakland is in last place. They could have on the block Paul Blackburn, Seth Brown, Trevor May, Brent Rooker. Um, a bunch of players uh, on the trade block. <laughs> bunch of guys. Bunch of guys know. in Oakland over there. Uh, who's their first baseman? Nato is that his? Uh, and he he's a he's a guy who's got a high high on base percentage. Uh, walks a lot, so there could be something there with uh, with somebody. But he's. That that team, you know, if you want stolen bases, go to Oakland and and you know get that guy. But that's about it. The Rockies are definitely well, not definitely because I don't know. The Rockies could buy at the deadline because they make no sense and they they, they consistently make, no make moves no that do, that that are just baffling. But Profar and Blackman, you would think with expiring contracts, would be on the block as, as well as Brad Hand and CJ Crone and Randall Grichik as well. So they do have some some pieces to move. And then the Nationals are in last place. Heimer Candelario and Lane Thomas, Corey Dickerson, all as uh, pieces to move uh, and some rental options there as well. But as you can see, we just went through those those definite sellers. White Sox, Tigers have pieces to move. Royals, Oakland, uh, Royals, uh, Athletics, Colorado, they're sellers, but like none of these pieces are that intriguing. The Nationals, I think, have some good pieces to sell, but that's only one, two, three, four, five, six sellers. Everyone else you can make an argument is going to be buyers in the league because we haven't gone between in the in-betweeners, but some of them might sell, some of them might do nothing, but there's not a whole lot of buyers. And that's exactly what baseball wanted to do with this expanded playoffs. Yeah. You mean sellers? There's not a ton of sellers that, that are, yeah, that are out there that are defined. And you know, the problem is, is the, the way that the, the, the league is situated, those sellers like you said, don't have a ton of talent to, to go out and uh, and shop their guys. So you look at this in between and then you're looking at GM saying like, okay, do we actually have a shot? Yes, the standings say what they do, but do we actually have a shot to make a move or am I planning for next year or two years from now, three years from now? Because really that's what a lot of these teams need to be thinking about. Because if they if they don't think two to three years ahead, they're going to miss the boat and be in the same middling bullshit hmm. situation that they're in now. And you know, I, that, that takes a specific type of person to allow that to happen, I think, for a franchise um, and, and a, a GM that, that has the, the, the forward thinking of, of setting the, the team up for the future. And it's, it's not an easy thing to do. So, so the um, teams, I think, that fall into that category you just mentioned specifically are the Marlins and the Reds, both in playoff positions. The Marlins are in the first wild card spot and Cincinnati is actually in first place. But neither of those teams were expected to be contenders this year, both looking towards the future. So I think you can make the argument for both of those for that reason they should not be buyers at the deadline. Yeah, you also look at the need to look at like their path to the playoffs too and and what the the path is after that. Anybody in the NL East is is in for tough sledding for sure. Um, yeah, Miami's interesting, man. They, they have a lot of young talent too. So, you know, it depends on, I don't know that team as well. Uh, so it just, I guess, depends on how ready they are. And if, if they're able to, if they're in a situation, cause they've been in this over, I feel like they've, they've, uh, you know, even with that, that COVID year and then beyond, like they've played the COVID better than a lot year of people was, expected. COVID year they played well, but otherwise I don't, I mean. It's still there. They have talent down there too. So yeah, they're, they're in mean, a situation the tra- where they're not ready to go. They're not, they're not doing anything in that division. They're not getting out of the NL. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. So, but they do have pieces to move. I don't know if you like the pieces or not. Floro Guriel and Garrett Cooper. Um, they have so much young pitching. So I think they could make moves at the deadline. I just don't think they will. Yeah. The same with the Reds. Yeah, no, I, I think if anything, they're gonna they're they're most likely gonna sell and, and continue that build uh, to to where they where they are. But you know, and we already talked this about this is why Derek Jeter left. There's frustration there. They're not committing to one thing. Yeah, we already talked about Cleveland. Uh, Boston is in last place, but <laughs> would you say Boston is completely out of it? No, 
No. So they could be buyers. They could be sellers. If they're sellers, James Paxson, Justin Turner, Adam Duvall, Kenley Jansen could all be moved. But if they're buyers, they need to go out and get some starting pitching. And there is starting pitching to go to go be had. I will say this. The track record of Boston understanding what the situation is in the East and the AL, they're not going to – I don't I don't see them making a run. Like, can you really rely on James Paxson to keep doing what he's doing as of recently? Because you know something – like he could be – Walking up the stairs and hurt his hip in the All Star break, you know that like very real situation there. So if I'm if I'm Boston and Boston has done this in the past, where they take a year off and they and they sell and then they all of a sudden spurt back up because they they add some uh, you know free agents that that do do better than anybody expects, would not be surprised if they sold all of those players at the same time. I wouldn't be surprised either. But if in the next two weeks they they go ten and four, they're not. I don't think do that. I think they're 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 not. They're not as reactionary. The franchise is not as reactionary to to get duped by a ten and four hot streak after you know just before a deadline. I, I'll as much as I don't like to say it, I don't I don't think they're 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 that um, they're that dense to to think that they can actually do something. And I and I and I guarantee you that Cora has a pulse of like what they actually could do, and probably would recommend you know um, le- hey let's let's figure this out, punt, get better on the talent side. Uh, so that we can come back. Because if you look at the the landscape of 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 the free agent market, and then you look at some of those players that that could be available as rentals, they're they're pretty decent names. Yeah. You know, Justin Turner is a name. I don't know what his you know what his situation is with uh, getting traded. I would assume no problem there. But Duvall, interesting. Kenley Jansen, like track record, uh, and then Paxton with the way he's pitching, like someone could be really interested in that. You're right, but also. A ten and four next two weeks could put them firmly in the third wild card spot. Firmly, <laughs> the uh, the Seattle Mariners uh, will be looking for a bat, but they could also be trading away like Teoscar Hernandez, who is a rental. Um, I kind of confused at what their position is going to be at the deadline. They're four back of the wild card, six back in the division. The Angels are a game under five hundred, and they've lost nine of their last ten. Shohei Otani, will he be moved? What is his actual value at the deadline? Because he is a free agent. Trout injury, like it, that whole situation is. Trout's out for what a month, another month at least, probably longer, given track record and like shit, man. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. They're such a mess. <laughs> they're such a mess because they didn't capitalize on what they have. They're 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 completely screwed. They really are. They're screwed. Shohei Otani obviously can't do the things that they want him to do by himself on a baseball team. Like that, it doesn't work that way. Uh, even if you have all planet talent, you know, all, all, all every, uh, all time talent, it doesn't work that way. So if I'm them, I'm looking to see what I can get for him. I mean, you have to. Uh, yeah. Right. You have to, but like their owner has said, they're not trading Otani. Okay. <laughs> because the owner is probably like, well, <laughs> let me cash in on these, these tickets. Well, although uh, co-workers of uh, Tyler, as you know, Tyler Chin, uh, Scott, went yeah. to an Angels game a couple weeks ago. Otani pitched. And he's like, it wasn't even a sell. It was a Friday night. Otani was pitching. He hit a home run that night. He was like, yeah, the stadium was like 65% full. Yeah, because it's it's LA. Don't forget. It's, it's not, they don't have like a. You a- figure Friday night Otani on the mound, that's a sellout. I guess. When the Dodgers were the Dodgers in town, I don't know how they uh, how they do that, but I don't, I don't know, know who they were playing. So, yeah, he's not even putting butts in seats. Then it's That's just right. it's a it's a fickle fan base. I think when for for the Angels, they're they're, they're like the Clippers. You know, you, you could put all the superstars on the Clippers. Like, does that get a, that all that exciting? I don't know. I don't I don't have a pulse to that situation. But so you got to You got to look at it because you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, Are you actually going to be keeping this player? And and I. And 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 if so, even if why? if you why? want to sign if you want to sign him, trade him away, get some prospects, and then sign him in the offseason. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's stopping them from doing that? Yeah, I mean, nothing's stopping them besides the market. But yeah. All right, we'll we'll fire through the rest of these teams quickly. The Phillies, um, half a game back in the wild card, they could use a corner outfielder, starter, first base. I don't think they really have anything on the trade block. They obviously were in the the World Series last year, so they probably think they can make another run at it. The Mets are interesting uh, interesting because they do have a lot of pieces. David Robertson, Tommy Pham could be moved. Max Scherzer has been rumored that wants to pitch for a contender, could be moved. 
but also Steve Cohen, is he going to sell? I don't know. Yeah. So if he sells then like, what's the plan? Because it's, you know, they're, they're not, they're not grooming players. It's not what, that's not the plan. The plan, the plan is, not- is to go spend a $500 million in free agency next year on Shohei Otani. Yeah. So, uh, they're, they've, they've really dug themselves a massive, massive hole. I don't know if it's uh if it's one that can come back, uh, they can come back from, um, but they might believe that they might believe that they can come back, uh, you know, at least, uh, compete for a wild card. They have the talent to do it. It's a matter of them putting it together. So I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I wouldn't be surprised if Cohen went out and, and made more moves, but again, like they don't have, he, you can't just buy someone, uh, like, like Steve Cohen in free agency. You can't do that at the right. trade deadline. So it's not as easy for him to navigate. This is not his time to shine. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he, he operates and how that front office operates. We already talked about Cincinnati, the Cubs, who we just saw at Yankee Stadium. If they are buyers, need some bullpen and some first base help, but they do have a lot of guys. The Cubs are selling, right? The Cubs are selling. Cody Bellinger are the two names, obviously, leading there, both having good seasons. Um, So I expect them to sell as well. Yeah, I I for sure think they're going to sell. The Pirates, who had a surprising start to the season, are eight and a half back and eight back of a wild card. They could use some pitching, but... um, they're a hard team to figure out. Um, also, a situation like you probably going to do nothing. They're probably going to do nothing. Why you need to? I would if again if you have if you have pieces, you get rid of the pieces you have. You're not competing this year. You're not good enough. Uh, you have some young talent. Build around that talent. Get younger. Double down on that. That's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's. I think it's a no brainer if you're if you're over there running that team. The Padres are six back of a wild card, eight and a half back in the division. They need offense specifically at DH. Which is crazy. Which is crazy crazy when you think about the names on that team. (laughs) Not expected to be sellers. Uh, Juan Soto's an interesting name though. Um, So anyway. And they want offense. They want, just repeat that again. And like then Manny Machado, Juan Soto, uh, Tatis Jr. Like it's crazy that they're looking for offense. Well, like uh, Matt Carpenter and Cruz, Nelson Cruz have been awful at dh for them i mean cruise cruise has been on the way out for two years now uh matt carpenter you know hit lightning in a oh, bottle. they dfa'd cruise okay okay hit lightning in a bottle with uh with the yankees like if if yep. everybody couldn't see that and then he got hurt which was not a ba- it was not a good injury either it was an injury that like really really messes you up uh, especially an older guy that just refound his swing again like it's a tough one to come back from and then the cardinals who have talent have a lot of talent to trade montgomery flaherty um tyler o'neill who should be coming back from injury uh a lot of names to, to potentially trade they're way back but they have talent they have a ton of talent that team is crazy to me still like to me the the padres and the cardinals even though they're pretty far back where they are i mean the the, the cardinals are significantly further back in the wild card but i i really don't think that either team is going to trade uh, as far as like a dump, you know, like they may trade a piece to get a piece that will help them, but I don't see them, um, you know, fire sailing. Uh, I, I just don't. St. Louis just doesn't do that really often. And so it wouldn't surprise me if San Diego, if there was someone in the front office that said San Diego, like we need to get, we need to shed, then they could have a fire sale that's happened. Wouldn't surprise me there, but I don't expect, I think they have enough talent and they're, they're, they're good enough where they can, uh, they can make a move. All right. So that's every single team, buyers, sellers, in-betweeners. We are going to be recording tomorrow morning on Wednesday, our GM plans episode, probably release that Thursday morning. Thursday is also an off day before the Yankees start the second half of the season on Friday. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll talk to you then. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.